Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, as always, Tyler Crawley. And a reminder, we are now on every major podcasting platform, so you can find us there, subscribe, and leave us a nice review. It's really all that we ask for. Now, today's show is going to be a little shorter. I approach my shows the same way the Fed approaches inflation. I have a baseline number, not 2%, 15 minutes. And so if one podcast goes over, another one's a little shorter, and it all averages out to about 15 minutes, then I'm at my baseline. I'm feeling pretty good. So that's kind of the way I approach this show. Luckily, we don't have anywhere near the amount of news that we had yesterday, but today we got some great news for you. And we're going to start with some great news in the, well, in the housing sector from a perspective of a home buyer. If you're someone trying to buy a home, I got some great news for you. The latest data from ICE Mortgage Technology says that your closing is going to happen quicker than maybe you thought. In fact, for the fourth month in a row, the average closing time has dropped. We're now looking at 51 days. That is the fourth month. It has dropped and it dropped 2% from last month, which means I think it was at 52 days the last month. But hey, a drop is a drop. I will take it. Now, compared to a year ago, which isn't really fair because everything had kind of locked down and shut down and... So a lot of the people in the business had more time to focus specifically on your loan. So it was 42 days last year. So we're 21% higher. But like I said, it's the whole base effect argument. It's not a real good indicator. 51 days is pretty solid. I will take it. Now, here's the other good news. So if if you go online, especially social media, Everyone's convinced that we're in a housing bubble. And a lot of this has to do with the black swan event that happened 10 years ago when the housing market took a dive, almost collapsed. And it's funny because people will say, well, this happens all the time, boom and bust cycle, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen with housing. That's why it was a black swan event. That's why it was so shocking. That's why it almost took down the entire economy. Yes. The stock market, it goes up, it comes down a little bit, goes back up. Housing never did that. Housing always went up. You may have had some stagnation. Prices may plateau for a while, but you never saw a collapse. And so, no, it doesn't happen all the time. And I love it because the people making this argument are people who are in their like 30s, who that's the only thing they remember was, oh, well, the housing market collapsed 10 years ago. So I'm sure it's going to happen in another 10 years. No, it doesn't happen. And from what we've seen it doesn't look like it's going to happen again. Now, what Robert Schiller said, we've talked about this. This is the third time this week we've mentioned it. Could there be a price correction? Yeah, there could be. But a correction is not a collapse. They are very different. Very, very different. And one of the reasons why people have said that this time period is not 2008 is because of lending standards. We're not talking about ninja loans anymore. There's no income, no job or asset loans happening. People are still good borrowers and the loans are still solid. And this report backs that up. According to ICE Mortgage Technologies' latest report, the average credit score was 747. The average loan to value was 72%. We're not even talking 80%. Conventional loan, 80%. We're not even talking about that. 72% and a DTI of 23 over 35. I mean, this is light years better than anything that we saw during 2008. Now, another positive note, closing rates have not only, I should say closing times have not only shrunk, but closing rates have increased 78%. 
This is the highest rate since March 2020 and is the third month in a row that we have seen an increase. This is great news, 100%. Now, Joe Tyrell, president of ICE Mortgage Technology, attributes the reduced closing time to technological adoptions in the industry, which makes sense. I think that is definitely playing a part as someone that works in the mortgage industry. People having this sort of consumer-facing technology where they can upload documents any time of the day, anywhere, definitely makes it easier. But I think also the industry is less busy. Everyone, mortgage, real estate agents, uh, attorneys, insurance. I mean, sure, they're busy, but they're not as busy as they were three months ago. And so that is helping loans get done at a quicker pace. So that's great news. Now this, on a weekly basis, we get some data from the Mortgage Bankers Association, mortgage demand. And a lot of people would say, oh, well, mortgage demand dropped. That's a bad thing. Yeah, I guess you could make that argument. Not a great thing, especially if you're in the mortgage industry like me, but it wasn't unexpected. And that's really what you don't want to see. Whenever it comes to finance, I don't know a lot about finance, but the one thing that I do know is that there's one thing that's death, it's poison, and that is something that's unexpected happening. The fact that mortgage demand has dropped is not unexpected. Why? Because we've seen the average mortgage rate go up. We talked about that last week. Freddie uh, Mac's, uh, or I should say weekly report, showed that mortgage rates had jumped back up to 3%. And in fact, the Mortgage Bankers Association, the average contract uh, interest rate for a 30-year fixed increased three basis points to 3.18. So everyone's sort of showing that, hey, mortgage rates are moving back up, which means refis. Refis are now not happening at the same pace they were. We all knew that was going to happen. And this demand drop is led entirely by refis. The refi index fell 7% from the previous week and was 9% lower when compared to the same time last year. Purchases were actually up. I mean, a small percent, 1%, but they were up and were down about 4% when compared to the same time a year ago. Now, if you remember a year ago, that's when interest rates were starting to drop. The Fed was like, hey, we got to do something with this economy. And you started people saying, or people started saying, hey, I'm going to refi. And so this is really about a year ago when you started seeing the boom kind of take off for housing. So the fact that we're seeing a decline in refis is not unexpected at all. And what you're seeing as a result of that, because demand is down, we're seeing more applications, you know, from the beginning of an application to a closing is happening quicker and it's more likely to happen. Joel Can, the MBA's associate vice president of economic and industry forecasting, points out that purchases are up. But one of the reasons that number is not higher, and I agree with this, is because of low inventory. He says, quote, purchase applications increased for the second time in three weeks Demand is robust throughout the country, but home buyers continue to be held back by the lack of homes for sale in rapidly increasing home prices. Yeah, some people are getting priced out of the market. So people that were thinking about buying now are kind of like, I just don't know if I can do it. Others who are looking to buy just can't find a home. So it's not great news. You never want to see mortgage demand drop, especially if you're in the mortgage industry, but it's not unexpected. It is not unexpected. Now, there was an interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal. Speaking of inventory, Nicole Friedman at the Wall Street Journal wrote about the growing popularity of something called whisper listings. 
Now, I didn't know what that term meant. I guarantee you, you know what I'm talking about here. So what is a whisper listing? A whisper listing is when a broker, that's a real estate broker, will show an unlisted property to a small circle of potential buyers, often in the hopes of getting a deal done quickly. So this is someone, a real estate broker, who doesn't list the house publicly and instead has a group of people that he thinks would like this property and goes to them first. Now, the question is, why would you go that route? Especially when we're hearing about these just insane bidding wars that are happening. And that's one of the questions. So why would you go the whisper route? Well, Friedman writes that typically this is used for high-end clients, celebs a lot of times, but basically proponents argue that pocket listings offer a preferred option for sellers who want more privacy and they don't want strangers marching through their homes. This is one of the ways to avoid that. And a lot of people would say, okay, fine, you're selling your house, you can sell whoever you want to. Why is this an issue? Well, critics argue it hurts both buyers and sellers. Now, obviously, it excludes buyers from viewing all available properties, but it hurts sellers because they aren't getting the highest price for their home. But there's another component to this that Friedman writes about, that it could be excluding certain people And this could be a problem for the housing industry. Research has shown, Friedman writes, that white agents were more likely to use pocket listings and to share those pocket listing uh, info with predominantly white networks. And so then you get into the issue of, are they discriminating by going this route? I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to pretend to try and get into that, but that is one of the issues that has popped up is that, is this a way that people are getting around discrimination? Um, Like I said, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the situation, but that is one of the issues that has popped up. So how prevalent are whisper listings? They're only 3% of current sales. So this isn't a overwhelming situation, but we are talking about a time when inventory levels are extremely tight. And so any listings that aren't making it to public lists, is making an inventory level that's already tight even tighter. So I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not even going to dive into this, but I did think it was interesting because I've heard about that. I've I've known people who have taken advantage of that where someone said, yeah, there was a house went for sale and they found out about before it hit the marketplace, they were able to get an offer in. But I'll tell you, I'm a capitalist. And so if I was selling my house, I would want as many people to see it as possible because I want to get the highest price possible. I don't care who they are. I don't care where they're from. I don't care what they look like. You have the highest offer. I'm selling you my house. So I'm a capitalist. That's the way I approach it. Why you wouldn't go that route. I have no idea, but uh, there could be maybe some legal issues with, I guess, the discrimination factor. That's a part of it. And there have been rules that have put into place with pocket listings. And so I'm not sure if they're going to hit those rules and people are breaking those rules. I'm not sure, but I did think it was an interesting article. Cause I was thinking, why would anyone not want to put their market? I mean, these bidding wars that we're hearing about, why would anyone want to miss out on that? No idea. All right, before we go, I did also want to make one interesting, I don't want to say assumption, um, notes or observation. That's the word. Observation is the word I was going for. Meme stocks are back. 
Yeah, yesterday was a big day for meme stocks. GameStop was up almost 16%. AMC was up almost 20%. And meme stocks as a whole are up almost 37% in a week. Why is this happening? I don't know. But it's fun. As someone that likes to watch the economy, watch the stock market, it's always fun to watch these meme stocks because there's so many there's so many theories, there's so many ideas on what is happening, but meme stocks are back. How long will this last? Is there another short squeeze? I don't know what's going on, but it is entertaining to watch. And hopefully you have been entertained during this podcast. We got to go. You guys enjoy your Thursday and we'll see you back here on Friday. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.